Uh, welcome back to Aussies Taking Over the NBA. It is the 12th of April. We're finally back after you know some disrupted coverage over the last couple of weeks. You going down with a small child to deal with. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we're back to kind of continue like pick up the pieces of what was happening in this season this covid hit season you know from from our perspective we've been in australia kind of chilling out not many cases here but you know it's it's been a full season almost there hasn't been any disruptions any anything going on in the u.s so it's good to see see that happening over there yeah well yeah that that as well as that uh, the nba i think announced last week that um, all stadiums will be at full capacity next season so sweet that's that's october this year mm. i think they're going to be back on track as of October, so um, that's huge. That is huge. It's crazy to think that. I think some of the baseball games back in Texas were back at full capacity yeah, as well. So, um, no one cares about baseball. And cases are going back up. <laughs> oh yeah, the vaccinations are coming though, aren't they? Um, they're thirty percent had first dose over there, so um, thirty-two or thirty-three percent. It's such a big population. It's it's hard to fathom. It's just like people are whinging here because we've only had one million people vaccinated. And you're just like, well, there's only twenty-five million of us. It's not even Texas. Like Texas is bigger than us, but um. It's, yeah, it's kind of, it's just, we're in that nether drudge of just, we're all kind of know exactly where everyone's going to be in the fight for the postseason and everyone's playing like they just don't want to get injured and it's kind of all fucking boring. Really a, is, yeah, sorry, you keep going. There, there really is some boring games in this stretch. It's hard. It's, it's like exhibition type stuff, eh? It's really kind of got a weird vibe to it. And it's almost like the players are starting to get um, to like to cotton on to the fact that oh we don't need to play hard for three quarters and then in the fourth quarter they just lock in so there's yeah. been a lot of games where you know oh they're down 15 to enter the fourth and it's like oh my god they won by 12 like what the hell happened here like you know because teams just switch on and they 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 come out and blast a team in the fourth quarter after they've been coasting Philly's done that a couple of times like they've been, yeah, they been, did a lot like I watched them a lot and they just like it's the first three quarters just feel like you know, it's just going through the motion and they've clamped the team down defensively and that was a court for the last six minutes and it's one. It's just like you could almost just watch the last quarter in a lot of these games to kind of get a, a sense of competition because in the first three quarters, it's just kind of just really going through the motions. It really is. Uh, maybe a little bit before the halftime, but um, yeah, we can we can probably do a little bit around the league in terms of the Aussies and, mm. and talk about what's happening there. But um Probably the most disappointing out of this run is Ben Simmons, man. He's been absolutely terrible. Yeah. Just not been playing well at all. Um, not aggressive. I think he's had a lot of single-digit games. He's doing the old uh, Draymond Green special triple singles. Yeah. Um, it's not been good to watch. Uh, Philly's, Philly's been, you know... It's uh, not been good to watch, you say? It's not been good to watch. Yeah. It's been... He's one of those dudes that can explode for 30 points in a night and then just sit back and let everyone else kind of do their thing. And I think that's where this team has kind of got a bit of an identity crisis is that, you know, it, it, it is, you know, the, 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 the Joel Embiid show, the process, but it's also kind of becoming the Tobias Harris show. Um, and then it's also becoming the Danny Green show. Mm. It's kind of like Simmons is just happy to sit back as, as kind of fifth string and just be like, well, I'll just do what you need. It's not like, no, no, I will run this team. I will be, it's kind of like, well, I'll just, you know, I'll just defend and I'll do a few other things and I'm just going to give it to everyone to score. And I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's, you know, again, this whole kind of coasting down the line sense with this, with this league. Like, what are we, 
34 and 17, 51 games into a 72 game season. Mm. You know, we're kind of most teams will 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 be locked in by now. There's obviously going to be a little bit of fighting in the in the play-ins. Um, this is kind of new to the NBA. This whole like, okay, if you're 10th, you can make the the playoff, which is weird. Um, yeah, I hate that. But yeah, we'll, just, we don't need to talk about that. No. Um, so it's kind of like that. That's more interesting down that end of end of the spectrum as opposed to what's on the top, where you know Kyrie Irving takes every other game off because he's a little bit sad and um, <laughs> and then, you know, then gets ejected the other night. Yeah, just gets ejected for <laughs> talking to Dennis Schroeder. And he, I thought, like, I don't know how Schroeder got ejected in that game. I was like, Schroeder didn't even do anything. He was just standing there. Must have been saying some stuff that you couldn't hear, but. It's like what? Okay, I guess. It's it's kind of who was it? Was it Jamal Murray that no? Who passed the ball? Someone passed the ball. It was it was a while ago now. Passed the ball to the ref in Reddick. <laughs> Reddick, that's it. It just be like you're out. You're Some going, devilish what? spin on it. <laughs> and then you get tossed, tossed him out of the game. Yeah, that was a great video. That, that um, look at that's a big ass whistle. <laughs> that's good. It's a really good video. You get really butthurt about sport, but that's the beauty of sports. Get really upset about things that you can't change and can't do anything about. Um, yeah, this this Philly team without Embiid is there a timeline on Embiid coming back yet? Or is he's he back? back? He's back. He's been back for, for three games. They lost one to the Pelicans. Um, look, they they won. They won six out of the ten games he's away, which is always a good measure of yeah. you know, success. I think that's that's really important on the back of some good Tobias Harris performances as well as Danny Green. I think their bench has been okay in time. Shake Milton playing well. The rest kind of finding, um, you know, some some deep rhythm. You know, Dwight Howard and Ben Simmons being on the floor at the same time is not working too well, and that's that's been an issue. Um, but hopefully that gets that's good sorted out. But again, you know, what 21 games left in the season? You imagine they're going to finish in the top four. It's kind of secured. Um, they've got a big six-game streak coming up against all the top teams, um, starting with the Mavs tomorrow. Then. They're working their way. I think Golden State's their easiest game in a, in a seven-game stretch, which is um, which is pretty tough. So that'll be interesting to see what they can kind of pull out of it, uh, out of it against these 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 top tiers. But um, T's title as well, kind of you know, offensively just being not there, um, but defensively just being ridiculous. You know what I mean? Now he's uh, now he's a declared Aussie. We have to uh, include him in in the mix. So. There's a this Pelicans game. I'm just looking at the box score. 14 players used on the night. Yeah. Holy moly! Mike Scott, Reed, Howard, Maxi, Thibel, Milton, Corkmars, Joe, and Jones. Kyrie trying to stay in front of Jake Milton. I think that Doc pulled the pin pretty, pretty late, early into the fourth. Hmm. Um. And then um, Seth Curry, 0 of seven donut yeah, in 26 Seth minutes. Has been a little bit just trash. Yeah. Like, he can go through those sorts of stretches, but because I, you know, I've seen a little bit of him, and he's always kind of been. It looks great. It's shiny. You see it, and then you kind of get up close to it, and you just a bit like, oh, it's actually not. Look, there's a little scratch there. Oh, there's a couple of cracks down here. I didn't. You, know, you can't see them when it's sitting in the trophy case up there. Um, but still, the the true test of him will come in these playoff scenarios. I think he he's always for for especially um, for Portland. He's kind of got that underrated, nobody believes in him type thing in the playoffs. And whether he fulfills that or not, that's going to be a huge thing, I think, for the 76ers going into these playoffs. Because, look, Embiid Simmons, you're pretty happy with in a playoff scenario. Danny Green's got experience. He's got a couple of rings. Harris, you're going to you're gonna go into the finals and uh, into the playoffs rather and hope 
he stays on the same course that he's been at and he's been pretty good. Yep. And kind of beyond that, Howard, a bit of goon off the bench, Scott, Maxine Thibault. There's de- I think there's def- – and Mil- sorry, Shake Milton and Thibault and Korkmaz. I think there's definitely like, you know, a, a level that this team can play at where the impact that these kind of next tier guys have to have isn't necessarily going to take them to a championship. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of like role players who can put together a little postseason resume that makes you go, oh, wow, like actually had a really good postseason and was a, a real contributor if they make it sort of out of the East. I'd agree, yeah. yeah. And that's that's really what it's about. But it's also about not taking teams down a seven-game stretch mm. and trying to win these in four games so you're keeping your, your big men fresh because, you know, Embiid's in, in career-best form. Um Simmons is is defensively a behemoth. Um, Tobias Harris is in career best form. So you, you, these these kind of twenty one games down the stretch of the season, you really want it to be about let's get some of these other guys in the rotation some minutes. Let's keep our stars, you know, fit but not overworked. Um, you know, twenty six to thirty minutes light. And I think Doc is doing that. You know, if you look at it, Simmons has been playing twenty eight minutes a night mm. and being twenty nine minutes. Like it's not not been playing huge minutes and I think that's the you know the intelligent thing get enough wins to get you first or second seed and then you know play it down the stretch when you know we're still at you know 20% capacity and the crowds are not going to be as as big because I think next season you really are going to see that home and away um, presence felt much more than this year I think the fans mm-hmm. coming back for all the teams will, will give more of a vibe of the game than, than we've been seeing this year so um Look, interesting stretch with Philly coming up seven games and see what they can pull out there. Let's stay with the East and just quickly have a look at the uh, Toronto Raptors, a little health check on the Raptors. We were weren't ex- pretty much been booted out of the rotation. They've just signed Keen Birch wave from the Magic and so now Baines isn't even playing. <laughs> Poor old Bainesy. It's like that that team was just terrible though. It was I don't know if it's really that bad. It was bad, but I don't think it was supposed to. Like, it shouldn't be that bad. Yeah. Really? You're not feeling that? Like, I just look. I'm looking at that team, going, "Man, you guys still should comfortably be probably, you know, sixth seed." No, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's going really going to struggle. They're going to have to fight I mean, for the playing spot. I guess look at looking at the rest of this um, East. You know, Detroit on the bottom, Magic, and then Cleveland and the Wizards. You know, you're probably not going to see those guys get up into 25, 27 win mark from here. That's going to snatch a seeding. Um, but then, if you look at the Raptors, Bulls, Pacers, like that's a pretty tough three-team kind of gauntlet. You know, I, I think all those, all three of those teams are probably on the same level, except maybe the Bulls are fighting up a little bit, fighting up a place a little bit, and maybe the Pacers are probably dropped a place a little bit. Yeah, because these screaming hornets, man, like these hornets are up in six. Even though Lamelo's out for the season, they're up in they're, six, up in the six seed, twenty-seven and twenty-five. Like that's really where I think Toronto should be. Uh, it is where Toronto should be with the level of experience they've got in that team, and you know, Chris Boucher putting up thirty-eight points and twenty rebounds. Like it just seems like maybe Larry and Van Fleet aren't delivering as much as they could be. Um, you know, they should be higher than that. I mean, it's been pretty hard as well because they've not been playing at home. It's been not, no fans, you know, playing in, in Florida. It's mm. a little bit of like breakers in, in, in Australia. I mean, how how much can you win based on just, you know, 
being somewhere and you know going on the road all the time playing teams in their home and they're not going to your court so it's kind of been a weird weird season for them It'll, and I don't think that's going to change next year I don't know if the, the borders will open with Canada because it's very very strict up there so um, yeah I think Rainsy's probably will, will, will might see the, the, the transfer market come the end of the year yeah, it's a it's, it was a pretty pretty tough um, like I wish a stayed in Phoenix, eh? I wish he'd stayed in Phoenix. Yeah, that would have been a really good team to watch. Even though I'm not a big fan of Chris Paul, and most people who watch this probably know that. Um, but the I think him getting the money great is great for him. But I, I remember saying at the start of the season, I was like, oh, that's an overpay, man. Like, I, who knows what kind of effectiveness he's going to have post COVID, as well as you know physically. I don't think he's the same player and like schematically on a team like Toronto where you kind of need all you guys to be all around defensive players and scorers. I never thought Bainsey would fit into this team. And, you know, looking at some of these past performances in the loss against um, Chicago, six points in 18 minutes, nine points in 12 minutes against the Lakers in the win against Washington, he had 10 points in eight minutes and sorry, in 21 minutes, eight rebounds. It's not too bad. Uh, that huge win against the Warriors, he played 24 minutes, a little bit of garbage time for him, five points. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I just come come down, Sydney. Come to Sydney, Sydney Kings. <laughs> <laughs> probably think he's probably got another year or two left. In the I think, NBA. yeah, he's probably got two years. But I, I look, at, at Toronto, Toronto at this level, I feel like he's more of a Charlotte at this level type level player, really. Like, I think if he was to be in a team where Toronto was up in sixth seed, fifth seed, you might go, yeah, okay, maybe he's not at this level. But I think, you know, a team like Toronto probably shouldn't be in the, like, where they are at the moment. And I think Baines isn't really given a reflection of his own game in this team. Yeah, it's kind of a I bit of a weird what, situation. I also think that's a Nick Nurse kind of lack of a pass first point guard. Mm. I think that's, that's if I'm going to say first, like, last year at the Suns. You're really just like, all right, Ricky Rubio drives and kicks it to Bainsey, who's on the perimeter and shoots. You know, that was the... Mm, a lot of pick and pop. A lot, lot of pick and pop, and we just don't see that at all in Toronto. Mm. Yes, the Raptors will keep a keep a close eye on them. Uh, Feel-good story. Delhi's back for the Cavs. He is. He's playing really well, which is even better. His shot's terrible, but <laughs> defensively, um, offensively on the dime side of things, man, he's putting... Diamond a lot in a short period of time. I mean, it's good to it's good to watch. Um, the Cavs not good to watch, but it, <laughs> yeah, it's fun, hard to watch. Fun to watch. Hard I to think watch. they are quite fun. I like watching Jared Allen, and I'm wondering if how many of his dimes are to Jared, Jared Allen. I always feel like he's got a nice read with bigs, especially rolling bigs. If you're a good rolling big, Delhi will find you. He's good at finding guys. So somebody on the uh, the I think it was the Hornets telecast goes, man, when Delhi shoots it, it looks like it hurts him. <laughs> I was like, oh, brutal, man. Oh, especially after you remade his jump shot, there was a lot of um, lot of kind of fanfare made about him trying to change his shot for the better. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of looks worse and it kind of isn't coming off. It's, you should just go back to how he was shooting him before he shoot. Yeah. He started to shoot him like way above his head more. Like, yeah. But yeah, dime, dime wise, Dime Lord, I named him the Dime, dime Lord. Lord yes. yeah. That's what it is. He's definitely Dime Lord. But it's good to see him back. It's good because ultimately he's going to be a potentially an important part of the Tokyo Olympic team. Mm. We wanted to have, you know, match fit game time. It's also good, you know, to keep presences uh, from the Aussies in the NBA. And um, 
yeah, man. Uh, he, it's good to see him back and good to see him playing um, some b-ball, even though it's Cleveland. I think he'll be there for years to come, man. I think he's just part of the furniture and we'll just see <coughs> Delhi, you know. Yeah, see out his kind of contract and then maybe get another vet min or something like that or... Yeah, I mean, with in a rebuilding team that really is not, does not have a really a true point guard in a sense. I think Colin Sexton's more of a shooting guard, and so is so is really Darius Garland. Like they're point guards, but they're not you know facilitating point guards. They're more of a shoot, uh, score first, and not pass first. And it's, you know, Delhi's going to be an important part of um, you know potentially re- rebuilding that team and, and getting it somewhere. But um. Look, they're not out of the plane yet. I think they're still very mathematically a chance to potentially get into the plane, but it's going to be very unlikely. Yeah, it says here he's got an abdominal injury. Hmm, interesting. So hopefully that's not too bad. Uh, he's unrestricted free agent next year at 31. They should just re-sign him minimum for the minimum. He's making he's making 1.6 to their cap, so that's, that's a pretty good price for him. Uh, or just come down to the NBL. Take over from Casper Ware. <laughs> um, so just looking at this 10, 10 assists against the Pelicans in a loss uh, and then he had none against the Raptors in 17 minutes then he played 21 against OKC he had 7 assists and then 5 assists against Spurs in a win and then 5 assists against Miami and a lot of these games where they're putting up like you know 120 115 109 in a loss like the, this team can score the ball so it's it's not a horrible team it's hard to watch a little bit, but I'm enjoying kind of seeing him back on the court. It's it's old, like it's just old school Delhi. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and that rounds out the East Aussies, I believe. Yep. Uh, the Jazz. Jangles, man. They're on top. Um, it's been a bit of a ding dong battle. I think um, didn't the Phoenix sneak slightly into top spot at one yeah, point there. Like- yeah, I think for one game or something. The Jazz just going on a tear again, man. Jerry Eagles is phenomenal. We blasted him at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Maybe being a little bit unmatched fit, but in true Jerry Eagles styles, he just, you know, he just gets batch fit and then just he's killing it. I think he's on he's on target to have the highest true scoring percentage season in NBA history. And he's scoring, he's, I think he's had his uh, high score this year. He's averaging 50, close to 50 in the last like 20 games from the three ball. Um, diming up Gobert. Um, shooting the three. I'm just looking just, through his stats here. Shooting in March, uh, 55% from the field, uh, 54% from three. Wow. Just <laughs> unbelievable. Um, let's, let's go back. Let's go back to February. Uh, we got 52% from the field, 46% from three. So just getting hotter and hotter. Like it, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy, man. Yeah. Just, I love, I, I hope if for one reason, you know, the jazz do make it just, out of the, out of the West. I just don't believe them in the postseason. I don't either. <laughs> why, why are we whispering? Um, but it's true, man. I'm not, I'm not convinced they're, they're again, like the box where I'm like, yeah, Giannis is mad, but I want to see him actually climb the summit. Like I'm not sitting here going, yep, he's going to win a title. I'm going, no, no, no. I need to see this to believe it. It's like, like a, like the moon landing, man. And I think the jazz are in a similar position here. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not putting money down until I see this team win a championship. Um, 
but I think as the as the playoffs get closer, we'll talk a little bit more about the Jazz's chances. This is a fun team to watch too, man. Like I think it's it was getting hard to watch Gobert because he was a little bit predictable last year, where you're just like, and he comes out on the perimeter, gets rinsed, and nobody can find him underneath, and like he's just you know out of control everywhere and like really just doesn't fit and then Mike Conley comes in and you're like that doesn't work and so I think it was a legitimate concern to start the season and just go you know they got to solve a couple of things here before we start sort of saying you know this team is a team that can go to into the postseason with some sort of projection to maybe even getting out of the west but did you expect them to hit the kind of heights that they're hitting at the moment what are they 40 and 13 they're kind of looking a bit unbeatable too. They're looking unbeatable, but I think that's because their bas- style of basketball is so different to what everyone else is playing. Um, that I think when you play in the you know the ever realm of of regular season, and you play them once, you're just like, whoa, what fuck, where did that come from? Mm. I think playing them in a seven game home and away stretch, you're like, okay, if we just move Gobert around here a little bit, and if we just get mm, it in mm. his face and we don't let him get you know to the pick and roll with Gobert and maybe we get you know Clarkson and, and we push him around a bit and maybe he kind of falters a bit that's that's really kind of where you're like okay can they be outplayed in seven games and that's where like I think that you know the the true coaches I mean Quinn Snyder is, is a good coach but he's been limited in the postseason for, for various reasons. I do think Mitchell is definitely a year older and a year wiser. He's He's got an MVP year somewhere in his career. Mm. Uh, I'm going to say that now. I think he is the most underrated player in this league. He is for not, for six, he's 6'1". His true height is 6'1". Like, we just don't see 6'1 players play like he does anymore. Really. Probably Chris Paul is the only other 6'1 six, six player. With is that he 6'1"? I thought he was 6'3". No, he's six one. He's he's six three listed, but he when you mm. look at his actual height, six one and a half. Yeah, let's see. See what it says on Wiki. It is six one, one eighty five. Same height as us. Yeah, man. It's that's that's what that's what the crazy thing about it is, isn't mm. it? It's just like when it, when do you see a six one player dominate the league like he does? Feels like he, he plays so much bigger than that, though. He, he feels like he's six five. And that's that's the crazy thing. I mean, it's kind of that Derrick Rose syndrome. Um, again, he will be he will be as good as as his athleticism lasts. Mm. I think that's probably where his limitations. Do I think he has an MVP season? Yeah, man, he's pretty robust. He's very hardy, and I think he's got an MVP season. Um, and that's really the, the 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 crux of it is that you've got probably another year or two of prime fit Mitchell, solid Joe Ingles, Clarkson. You know, maybe you're, you're missing like that kind of really crafty backup big. Um, Derek Pays is, is okay. You've got Bogdanovich. The Jazz really need to win in the next two years. Otherwise, it's all over and blow it up. Yeah. If you look at what their roster is, though, I don't like for, for how kind of Bogdanovich and Ingles glue this team together. Like Bogdanovich is 31, Ingles 33. Um, Ily Sova, they picked him up. I did not know that. Um, Rudy's 28. I think, yeah, their window is probably three or four years. And But they're going to have to replace, you know, a couple of those players in there, like at 
like perfectly. Like there's there's no way they can kind of skirt unless you know they win this season, they go back to back. Then you're like, okay, they could probably string Ingles out for another couple of years, and Bogdanovich probably string out for another couple of years as well. Um, Clarkson's only 28, Favors 29, Rudy's 28, um, D Mitchell. And it's also a team where I don't think you're going to have to really. Uh, maybe maybe it is that you're going to have to kind of find gem finds to fix this team. No. Like, but at the same time, they could easily go these next four years, and it's just like, oh, they didn't even get in. They choked. They didn't even get anywhere near this. The playoffs, like, what could have been sliding doors moment type team. It also has that written all over it, really. It does. That that that's my worry in the postseason. It's mm. just like they get up against the Clippers and. You know, Kawhi just annihilates them in four games. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's honestly my worry. You know, and the Clippers, the Clippers seem to be you know getting stronger. They signed Rondo. Rondo's a crafty postseason player. He's been there before. He's done it. You know, they've got players that have been there and done that. And I just mm. don't think the Jazz have one player that is like 32 and been like, yeah, I've gotten to, the, I've hit the mountain. I know what it's like. This is how we get there, boys. I just don't think, and I don't think Quinn Snyder is just like. This is how we get their boys, you know. Yeah, I don't think they have a single single championship on their roster. That's my greatest, and it's for me. And I'll, I'll go a little bit off Aussie topic here. That's the Denver Nuggets as well. I think True. they're really exciting. They play well, but it's just like, and you just you're going to get out coached in the mm. postseason, and we're just going to exploit this, and we're going to exploit that, and it's going to be Kawhi and PG, or you know, Pat Beverly's going to get in Jamal Murray's face, and it's all going to be over. And it's just like. There's just there's little exploitable bits. Let, let, uh, let's be honest. Pat Beverly's going to like near injure, injure him, <laughs> and everyone's just going to be like, "How great is Pat Beverly's hustle?" And you're just going to be like, "Just nearly injured him a bunch of times, man. This Get dude out of here." The car. Let's let him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that that's for me is the Nuggets as well, and that's yeah. really what it comes down to is just there's just not that exciting team. Great to watch. Yeah, definitely. So, so one of the rare things I was just looking through their um, gaming, their gaming, their um, schedule for the whole season. One of the rare things about this season is a lot of like, do you feel like a lot of back to backs? It's just win loss, like win loss, win loss for other like just around the league. You're always seeing like, oh, the Grizzlies are playing Oklahoma. Oh yeah, sweet. They you know OKC won this game, and then you're like, oh, and the next day, oh, Grizzlies are playing Oklahoma again, and then the Grizzlies just win by twenty. Like you're seeing these win loss win loss. If you look at the um, this Jazz team, they beat the Pels twice in January. Uh, they beat Dallas twice in January. Uh, they lost one loss against the Clippers, so a big team. Uh, Memphis they beat twice, uh, and I think that's it for their back to back. So they haven't really played that many back to back games. Like, do you feel like some teams are just like? What the hell, man? I've seen these two teams play like a bunch of times. What the hell are these two teams playing back to back? And then, it's all to me. I just feel like every one of those that happen is like win loss, like no, like split them fifty fifty. very much like that. Yeah. So it, to your point, where you were sort of saying, um, if you really get a time to scheme this Utah team or work them out, very interesting because they're kind of they are kind of beating teams on back to backs in the very few occasions that they had. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to kind of watch this space on that uh, the Jazz team. Uh, moving along in the Aussies, uh, Josh Green, SOS. No, he's just a, he's just a first year. Deep first round pick, you know, Rick Carlisle. Picking up towels. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, look, the, the Mavs have gone on a bit of a run, 
but it's it's all facade. It's, it's all facade. yeah. Just oh, let's talk about that because it's just how you playing well, Luca. Yep. All right, sweet. He's winning games. Like the the odd, and it isn't even like oh, you're gonna dominate games. You're gonna win lots of games. It's still like the here and there push pull type thing, and it's like Luca, you playing well, nah, and it's like well, you're not gonna win this game. Well, it's, it's also like it's it's regular season, and Luca's not gonna like in the postseason. He's like yeah, Kawhi, yep, LeBron, yep, you know, MPJ, you know, just just get on him, and you know, Sim- I think Simmons did it in one game where Philly played, and it's just like yeah, Luca just couldn't score. Like mm. in Simmons shut him down, and that was it, game over. Like it's it's a really easy formula to beat. The Mavericks is you shut Luka Doncic down and you take away the passing lanes and it's an easy win. Mm. And you just got to have one good defender in the league, uh, in your team. And that's, you know, Paul George or LeBron or Simmons or, you know, anyone that's, you know, half-decent defender that can, you know, take space away from, can beat him off the step and, and can defend. It's all mm. over. And that's really, that's that what it is. And, you know, Josh Green's had some minutes and it's good and he's getting in there and he, you know, hopefully be part of this league for a long time. But, um, a typical Rick Carlisle first year. Yeah, hurts, man. Him going, <laughs> going to that team is just brutal. I'm looking at the game log. Um, played 21 minutes against Washington in the win, four points. That's a decent outing for him. Uh, three minutes against Houston in that loss. One minute against the Bucks in their win. And just, yeah, it's just, you know, points here and there. Minutes here and there. I don't know. It's uh, this was very Dingadel. Hey, just stand in the corner. <laughs> just uh, this, this whole Dallas thing around why? Why do they take guys to just go? You know what? They'll be good in three or four years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, why are you taking a guy at eighteen and then stashing him? And I guess we're we're biased and salty that you know we want to see this guy play. And then you kind of look through the history of Rick Carlisle, and you're like. Oh yeah, he's kind of done this a lot over the last like five six years. Yeah, it, it kind of it, it's different like different teams' philosophy. Like I've looked at some of the Philly rookies over the last few years, and you look at Shamet, who kind of reached his peak with Philly, and then just you know fell fell out of favor with everyone. Kind of went to the Clippers and then went to the, the Nets, and just like hasn't ever recovered from that. You know, glory of like let's get this rookie to do this, and that's all he's going to do, and he's going to be really good at it, and we're going to get this guy to teach him how to do that, and bang, you've got. A recipe whereas everyone else i think is just like you know they they expect this team this guy to be like a three and d player and just to slot in just like no this is your first year this is what you do and move on but it doesn't seem like rick carlisle can do that it's just like luca every possession mm. yeah it just uses um uses the bench somebody said it on twitter he just uses the bench to give minutes to his stars and you know like it could they could be good they could be bad doesn't matter it's just like you gave me six minutes and that let me rest this guy for six minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I hate that way of coaching. To me, I don't like that at all. And Ultimately, it will not lead you to a title. <laughs> well, I think at one time it did, but that was an era where that was totally, totally different. And having one guy be a unique player do that, that's where, yeah, okay, that's, that's going to happen to lightning in a bottle type scenario. I don't think Luca will ever be what Dirk Nowitzki was. Nah, I don't think he's unique enough as a scorer, you know. I think he's unique enough as a... A shot maker? Not even a shot maker, but just a kind of a weird anomaly in the league where there's just like, he's not super athletic, he's really crafty, and he can he can shoot the ball. 
but there's just something a bit like, is it real or is it? Are we just entering the matrix? Mm. Is is he a non fungible token? We're just not too sure. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just an NFT of the league where you're just like, I, it's really is is it hype? It's just all hype. Is it is it you know Dirk Nowitzki, you know was a twenty four and ten guy a night for hmm. ten years before they ever hit a championship where it's just like Luca, we got to win one in the next six years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also um, Dirk was seven foot and it was just like maybe a handful of guys in the league could guard him probably. Yeah. You know, whereas Luca, how many, you know, how many of these six 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 to six ten guys are emerging where they don't even need to be the best defender in the league. They don't even need to be great as players. But you can still just like just just get and get up in his face a little bit, you know. Give me give me six minutes of just like pestering him a little bit, and he goes to water as well. That's the other thing too. Yeah, I've noticed yeah. is he he just throws the toys out of the pram so quickly. When um, dudes like like he was complaining at the start of the season so much, and you're just like, bro, like get over it. Like, what are you like? This is making it hard for you, <laughs> hard to watch. And that was basically why I was kind of like, man, I'm out on this dude. Like, I can't watch this. Um, and he, you know, post All Star, he's put it together, and fair enough. But I think ultimately the heartbeat rests on his shoulders in this team. And I, yeah, even that as a as a product, I'm like, yeah, I don't, I'm not into that. Not buying it. Um, no, nah, I'm not buying it. Uh, Patty Mills on the Spurs. They've quietly just put on a few losses and slipped down the. Uh, yeah, just after we were like, what the hell? How are they the fourth seed? That doesn't even make, or fifth seed. It doesn't even make sense. Um, now, yeah, now suddenly they're 25 and 26, really struggling to stay in that playoff, uh, the play-in tournament. I really think the Pels are going to like just leapfrog all these teams, possibly I even do. get into yeah. Dallas territory in the seventh seed. I do. I think that if they can put it here, I mean, yeah, Zion is just a freak. He's out of this world, man. He's just there's just something watching him just bully everyone and just be like, yeah, when he's going to the basket, there's not really much you can do to stop him. It's just whether he misses or not. It's got nothing to do with your, how you defend him because mm. you, you you know he just goes around and you can move in midair, you can twist. He's so bouncy, um, defend you know, and is so quick on the step. He's just like, well, what do you do? What do Look, you do? against the Cavs, thirty six minutes, sixteen of twenty two. Six of eight from the free throw line, nine rebounds, four assists, two blocks, 38 points. It's just crazy. I'm going to read one more out. Come back to read me. Read out the filler game. Filler game. Oh, come on. Didn't want to let me. It's a bit an issue. Hey, here we go. Uh, 37 points, 15 of 28, 7 11 from the free throw line, 15 rebounds, eight assists, two turnovers, but 37 points. On 15. It's like a game. It's a video game, man. It's like... Okay. 2K. <laughs> it's 2K, man. Like, it's like you made a chub power forward in 2K and you just take every shot. You just... Everyone gets out of the way. The AI is a bit sus and you know how to exploit the AI where you're just like, oh, sweet. If I just get the tiniest little thing, the AI is going to glitch and then I'm just wide open and you just go up and score. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, it's crazy. It's, it's awesome to watch, bud. Yeah. Um, just looking at Paddy Mills' stats, 22 minutes... Uh, he's averaging around 22 minutes at the moment. Uh, 12 point, he's averaging 12 points on uh, 11.4 PER. But against Denver, yeah, 12 points. Against Indiana in overtime, these were both losses. So they just quietly ripped off five losses in a row. And that's where they uh, slumped. 
and then they beat Dallas today, 119, 117. He had six points off the bench. Just you just see them go in these little wave runs where they you mm. know, pick up and go down, pick up and go down. And that was they started quite strong at the start of the season. No Lamarcus Aldridge anymore, so that's one thing you got to kind of go. Oh yeah, no Lamarcus. Like that's interesting. The post post trade era. I'm just looking at their depth chart. Come on. Uh, so Murray with Patty off the bench, then Derek White and Lonnie Walker off the bench, then DeMar, DeRozan, and Devin Vassell, uh, Keldon Johnson and Rudy Gay, and then Jakob Pertl, and they picked up Gorgiorgi Deng, Gorgi Deng, on a day-to-day, oh, injured day-to-day. I think they picked him up on a tender, guaranteed. No, it was a tender. I think it was guaranteed to the end of the well, season. Yeah, picked him up from Memphis. He's away by Memphis. I don't know, man. There's some, there's some better players around the league. Thon maker. Thon maker. Thon. Uh, somebody sign up Thon yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah I think that kind of rounds it out then Houston Rockets and then um, Dante's not playing he's not back yet so Will Magnet? have we seen any Will Magnet? no Will hasn't made an appearance since that lovely two minute one turnover one foul <laughs> <laughs> William Magnet, one minute uh, sorry one game three minutes one turnover one foul Minus minus thirty point eight two PER. Poor poor dude. Um, he has attempted one field goal though. So we we may see more. I think Stephen Adams maybe. Yeah, I think I think Will Magnet if he does progress is going to be a couple of years away. Yeah. If he does progress, I don't think he was at a level where. He deserves to go to the NBA and have a crack at it. Like the the kind of peaks we saw from like a Froling or an, a Humphreys, we were just like, wow, seven foot and beastly. Okay, this could actually work in the league. Like I think Magne's more got more of a, you know, a slender, leaner build as a big, not like a like a massive dude. Yeah. And you know what, Bogut, even Bogut when he when when he was drafted, he was still like a big seven footer, like not a not a small, like not like he was when he finished his career where it was just like a, a noodle basically and he lost all that weight. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how um, Magne's body progresses even if he does like a two-year stint at the Pels in the G League just to see if he like beefs up a little bit and comes back to the NBL with yeah. some of that beef on him. Um, I think, yeah, that's that's it. We've covered everyone. Do you want to talk uh, wider league just quickly? Yeah. Suns? Sons just what the hell, man? Yeah, Chris Paul, Chris Paul, man. Oh, it's the Chris Paul effect. It's bad though. Like we don't, we don't like you. Don't like Chris Paul, but nah. there is a Chris Paul effect. How do you take that OKC team one one win like two points away from what the Eastern Western Conference mm-hmm. finals? You know, he he took the Rockets, except he was injured. Where well, that was kind of like I, I feel like that sapped. You know, that was like a, a, a movable object and unstoppable force situation, you know. Like Harden and Chris Paul on that team was kind of like yin and yang type of thing. Whereas, you know, you put him in that OKC situation and you're just like, oh, yeah, this guy still has it on a team with nobody and he dragged him through. And then you kind of make this, like, it's a redemption type thing where he takes another step up where it's just like, oh, you paired him with one of the really, really kind of big rising stars looking to make a breakout um, in the right environment in Devin Booker. And suddenly it's just like, wow, he's found found his um, voice on this team. Like, you know, and that's not not a horrible, like it's not a horrible team to go into. So that's that's a terrible way to put it. Like that's actually quite a, 
quite a well-rounded team. Like it wasn't an awful team. Like it was, you know, Devin Booker. Now it's got like um, Torrey Craig's on that team. Jay Crowder, um, Kaminsky's still there. Payne has been quite good in here, here and there. Dario Saric is like another underrated. Like yeah, you could get like a little hustle out of him. Yeah, I was always thought Dario Saric was a very underrated player. And then Aiton and Bridges, who have been projecting in the last couple of seasons as rookies going um, kind of upward in their career. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty good team, man. I, I think they've got a... I don't think they've got, you know, coming out of the West in their locker. I'm still like in a, in a jazz scenario just going, I'm not believing that until I see it. Um, I also, also think like... But there's a karma thing, man. Like there's a basketball karma thing with Harden and... Um, Chris Paul that if you just flop around a lot and act like a dick on the court like you don't get rewarded with winning championships and stuff like that so there's still I think Chris Paul's kind of and even Harden with the, the Nets this season they kind of got to vanquish that karma demon man in my opinion like I'm going like spiritual on basketball here but I still think there's something in the fact that if you flop around and act like a c- fucking douchebag on the court like you don't win championships like as much as like LeBron, you know, what is it? LeBron, Curry, um, and then Dirk even in last decade, like these weren't guys winning championships that were dark arts masters, yeah. really. And I still think there's a kind of basketball karma that sorts those guys out. So, you know, I, I look at the Suns team and the Nets team and I'm like, okay, you got to overcome something a little bit more than basketball, in my opinion, to get a bit spiritual. Indeed. What else? What are you, New York Knicks? What do you think about the Knicks in eighth, the eighth seed? Yeah. Yeah. It's problematic. Yeah. I, I don't mind. I like where they're heading, man. I'm like, this could be a decent team in two or three seasons. Nice young players. Look, I, yeah. It's, it's hard to tell where this league's going. You know, we haven't really seen like a rookie since really since kind of Embiid or Booker or Simmons or Tatum come out like, yeah, this guy could, you know, fill the league up, you know, take teams all the way. And I'm still wasn't so I'm still not sold on Aiton as being the number one pick. Um Aiton. Yeah. Back on Phoenix. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He, I'm not still not sold as him being the number one pick. He's kinda of like um, a rich man's bagley. Yeah. I still like bad. him though as a player. And he can shoot a jumper too. It's always like if you're on a team like the Suns um, with the Chris Paul, the Booker, the, you know, the Chubb guys like Crowder and those guys around him, I'm kind of like, you're okay. Pat him on the head. He can shoot a jumper. Like, you're going to be all right. Yeah. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Aiton anyway? Oh, look, he's a good player. I just don't think he, he's ever going to rise to that number one pick. I think he'll, he'll make it somewhere, but um, doesn't seem to have the real mongrel monster in his DNA. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Hornets just quietly twenty five, twenty seven, and twenty five. Atlanta just quietly like coming up to like third or fourth spot. Yeah, they're in fourth, twenty nine and twenty five. What is their? What are they projecting at? Um, that's some crazy. They have four wins in a row, and they have six wins in a row. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wins in a row. Beating the Lakers, the Rockets in that run, Thunder and Cavs. You know, Kings, Raptors. I mean, that was a pretty. Pretty weak yeah. stretch. <laughs> yeah, they've um, they've got to prove himself. But I mean, John Collins, man, he's he's wanted out of there for ages. Yet he still seems to be the one putting putting up the numbers. 
Yeah, and Trey Young, I'm just not sold on again. Like Trey Young's man. always going to kind of exist in its own yeah. new wave. Like, it's like theoretical, just like his hair. <laughs> it's like a hologram. Because <laughs> he's... His scoring and his play is like I don't know. I, was, I had a, I had the explanation before I said that, but it's it's just not. It's like a mirage, man. It really is. It's a weird thing to watch, where it's like he's scoring twenty five a night, and you're like, yeah, but he's taking like eighteen shots a game, and some of those are bad ones. And then when he takes a lot of bad ones, they don't win, and you're like, that's kind of a red flag. It's kind of showing you something a little bit. But and it's it's not great to watch, like it's not great, like I don't know. I'm a bit biased with Curry over the last like six years or the six years preceding like 2019. He would knock down shots, like he wasn't a like, give me the ball, I'm gonna rinse everyone and just take a shot and it's gonna go down. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, that that was different. Though. I think that's generational as opposed to like a kind of a shoot first point guard who can up a lot for Clint Capella to finish. Mm. And then Gallinari has been playing a little bit better as well. Yeah, Bogdanovich. It's, look, it's a decent team. It's just whether they, they could put it together. I think Nate McMillan's really done wonders in terms of coaching. There. I think that's... <laughs> Who was their other coach? Lloyd Pierce, I think it was. Lloyd Pierce, yeah. <laughs> See, uh, I was like, we're bringing in Nate McMillan as your, your backup. It's like, oh my God, I'm going to be sacked. You just feel no, like. Nate's a, Nate's a decent coach. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a good quite... coach. He had um, a couple of good good runs with um, Indiana getting into the playoffs. I remember that one year, um, it was Paul George when they ran a bunch of shitty plays at the end of those Cavs games. And we were just like, what are you doing, Nate McMillan? Uh! <laughs> Had Lance Stevenson on the team as well. Oh yeah, that's right. And was he blowing in LeBron's ear or something? Was he? Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. Ah, uh, Charlotte. What? Uh, anything? Anything else? You got any other? Nah, that's that's pretty much it. Just been coping up with the Aussies. I think we what, what what we'll do this season is instead of doing half yearly reviews, we'll do we'll do full pre, pre, uh, playoff previews. So the run into the playoffs mm. and then. We'll do commiseration reviews for for teams that don't make it. Yeah, because what are we projecting to have? Maybe you know Josh Green in the finals and the playoffs. Uh, Actually, and then the only Aussie Philly. that's probably going to miss out is probably Exum, and that would be a very short uh, wrap up. And um, Bainesy, Delhi, Delhi and Bainesy potentially. Delhi and Bainesy. So that that's that strikes off half of them already. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like Simmons and Ingles. Simmons and Ingles. Simmons and Eagles. Patty yeah, Eagles. sweet. That's as long as Utah go deep, man. I'm in. Yeah. I'm I'm following them. Um Utah's my pick, my shoe in of the week. All right, thank you for watching. Remember to like and subscribe on YouTube. We're live on YouTube at the moment. Uh, I'll put these up in audio form on SoundCloud and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Podcast Addict. And we will see you guys on the next episode. Peace out.